0: Hello and welcome to the Clubhouse, uh, Golf Monthly's weekly look at the various different events in the world of golf. My name is Neil Tappin uh, and this week we have a a look back at the 2016 European Tour season. You might think that we did that last week, Uh, you'd be right (laughs) in some respects, but we're going to have a proper look back at the highs and lows of the season just gone on the European Tour and I'm joined uh, by Nick Bonfield. Nick, hello. Neil, it's a beautiful day. How are you? <laughs> I don't know. We're in an underground basement at the moment. Back That's in the why we're back studio. in the
1: podcast studio. Happy days. I
0: know. It's good in here, isn't it? Yep. You might notice that the sound is a little less echoey. <laughs> You'd be hard-pressed not to notice that. Um, but there you go. Uh, and David Taylor. David. Hello, hello Neil. Hello. Uh, what is your knowledge of the last year on the European tour like? Encyclopedic?
2: <sighs> we are about to find out, I suppose. Um, yeah, scratchy, at best. Scra- but, uh, scratchy, yeah. yeah. I'm hoping it will come together.
0: Yeah, you know pretty much think i fall into the same bracket um now in a in a break to the usual format and the usual way in which this is done um my colleague nicholas bonfield nicholas nigel bonfield will be um the quiz master this week Nick, can't can't do, you, do any worse than tom clark surely <laughs> <laughs> um do you think you can beat me as a quiz master though without doubt Have you thrown uh,
2: a few more stats into the ring?
1: I I can read my own handwriting, which is number one. (laughs) We'll we'll find out, won't we? (laughs) No, your quizzes are exemplary always. (laughs) I do well to match you. You'll do well to match me as well answering. I'm not expecting many points, if
0: I'm honest. Um, Anyway, we are going to look. We've got various different categories, things such as Shot of the Year, Tournament of the Year, Breakthrough Player of the Year, etc., 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 that we're going to talk through first. So before we we get onto the quiz, um, we're going to talk through some of these categories. And we're going to start with um, European Tour Shot of the Year. Um, Gents, who wants to kick us off? Fine,
1: I'll kick us off. I will go with Rory McIlroy, K-Club, Irish Open, home fans, water to contend with, fairway wooden hand, five wood, in fact, and hits an absolutely majestic approach to the 16th green, which is quite a long, narrow green at the K-Club. Sets up a 2 putt birdie. And then I know he eagled the 18th with a similar shot where it was tapping distance, but I think that 16th was more significant and that the shot was slightly more high tariff because there was water contaminant. They were much, much, this, much of a muchness, those two shots, weren't they? Take th- your pick. Two phenomenal shots to win one of his most coveted tournaments.
0: I think as an amateur, as somebody who struggles with the game from time to time, to see someone hit that shot with that club at that moment just it, it combines and that's it's the moment isn't yeah it combines calmness under pressure with an incredible physical skill so it's not just he hasn't just hold a putt from 30 feet at the key moment he's actually managed to s- absolutely s- smash a three wood or five wood
1: the stiff completely 18, surrounding that green as well and flanking the fairway it was probably the highest one of the highest pressure shots he faced all year and you could see how much it meant to him afterwards when he he was in tears or was almost in tears yeah i remember yeah he was, was very pretty choked up moment. wasn't he yeah mm-hmm. And um, to produce He hosts that tournament as well, he so the extra yeah. pressure of that. And to produce that sort of shot when it means the most to you really is an indicator of, of how good you are as a golfer.
0: David, any other nominations for for shot of the year?
2: Similar sort of shot, I'd have to say, um it's probably something we'll touch on a bit later as well, as uh it's from the open. Mickelson in the final round, uh I think it was a three wood on the sixteenth. Um Three would approach into the par five. I think he actually ended up missing the twelve footer, which would have really mixed things up. Yeah, yes. But yeah. that shot sure. under—you pre- know—we talk about Rory under pressure. At, you know, his his home tournament, but the pressure doesn't get any bigger than that. No, true the, uh, Final day of the month, yeah, one of the best tournaments we've, I think we've all ever seen. But just think we think it was another putt.
1: one of those putts that week that looked like it should have been going in three feet away from the hole and just caught the lip or just missed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It and then Stenson produced that up and down from the horrible rough tangly rough to the left yeah. of the green and and so they walked off all square on that hole and
2: yeah five minutes previously it looked, as it as looked like, like it was going to be
1: um i will also
0: throw into the mix danny willett's chip at 17 at the the masters um again as somebody who's not known for my prowess around the greens watching <laughs> somebody under that pressure hit a chip from such a tight lie to a green that's basically incredibly slippery <laughs> it's like jumping onto a ski slope <laughs> yeah from where he was yeah i mean it was just I mean, like, deft touch under mm. pressure. Wow, really. You know, you say what you like about Danny Willett. Obviously, he had issues during the the Ryder Cup. Um, didn't, I mean you know, his family um, didn't warm themselves to many people. But hitting that shot under that pressure, he is a great golfer.
1: You don't do that unless you're a great golfer, I wouldn't have said. Very fair. A couple of other quick ones to throw into the mix would be Rose's third shot to the par 5 18th in the final run of the Olympics. Yep. Where he basically stiffed it. And also Fitzpatrick's up and down for the bunker on the 17th at Jamiro Golf Estates. It's not one shot, though. His bunker shot. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bunker shot, though, isn't it? Oh, just a bunker shot. Yeah, Mickelson's was just a fairway wood shot. Willits was just a chip. All right, I'm just saying it was just a bunker <laughs> shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, next one on our list is tournament of the year. Um, now, I know we're going to talk about the Open, obviously. It was probably one of the best tournaments I've ever seen in my life. But I'm just going to throw Made in Denmark at you. Because Mm. it's very easy, I say it's very easy, when you have all the best players in the world playing and playing well in the same tournament, yeah, that's naturally it's going to be the best tournament of the year, but when you don't have the best players in the world playing in your tournament, how do you create interest, how do you create excitement, how do you do something that really gets the imagination of those people who are there in the area and who will want to come out and support it, and Maiden Denmark did a fantastic job of that this year and should be definitely should be seen as being a bit of a blueprint for how you how you do this whole European tour tournament business, I would have said.
2: Yeah, well it's been growing, hasn't it, ever since uh it, it came through as an idea, um and the players seem to love it. They all flock over there for a tournament which is, you know, relatively small prize fund. And uh they all love it, the crowd love it and they've yeah, as you say, they've created a buzz around it, which I think a lot of tournaments could learn a great deal from. Exactly. Because, uh, you know, there are so many tournaments to try and differentiate yourself from all the others, which they've managed to do. Get a buzz about it. Get, you know, the people of Denmark seem fully behind it. And, um yeah, it's a sort of must-do must, must do on the list for a lot of golfers. They now, don't I have
0: guess. a massive sponsor bankrolling the whole thing, you know, lining the pockets
1: of the big-name players. They have to be creative and think about doing things in a different way. What's interesting about it is that apparently it's quite remote and takes a, a lot of time to get there. It's quite expensive to buy tickets to. Yeah. There's yep. no very small prize pool and everyone absolutely loves Mm. it and there's concerts after each day's play it's almost like a carnival festival atmosphere which they sort of adopted a little bit the british Masters as well which is another one he deserves that's very true Mm. but but definitely as you say the blueprint and if new tournaments coming onto the schedule looking at making a mark without much much bankrolling then then i would certainly consider that as one to follow
0: that's wonderful um but the open let's talk about the open it was an absolute belter
1: wasn't it was it Better than the jewel in the sun. Discuss. I don't know. I didn't see the jewel in the sun, but you know about the jewel in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I David Taylor, you were born in what, 1950? <laughs> right? I would have said <laughs> yes, so, but yes,
2: yeah. uh, I can't actually remember it either. Being only slightly older than Neil, but um, thank but you. The, <laughs> the all the talk was that from both people who'd seen both said it was if if not up there, then better. It was um, it had a bit of everything, didn't it? And for a two horse race, pretty much from. You know, the, the deciding couple of rounds. You know, those the way those two went toe to toe. It was
0: it was crazy, wasn't yeah. it? I mean, we I was, I said I was. We were there, and I remember walking the golf course on the Friday morning. And it was horrible weather. It golf was r- 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 yeah. rank, really, wasn't it? And it didn't really improve from Friday onwards. It was blowy. It was a bit wet at times. And I, I just could not believe the score that they were shooting. It was so. We, I'd been out there on the Thursday when the weather was perfect and you could see a good score in that weather because there was mm. not much wind and the sun was out and it looked lovely. But to carry on shooting those scores as the weather deteriorated, no wonder the two of them completely set themselves adrift from the rest of the field. They it did w- get the benefit of the conditions. No, they did. They got the right side of the it's draw. Of course they did, but those shooting... though, I mean, Mickelson is seriously unlucky to have shot the score that he shot around the golf course that he, the, 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 they were playing and not win the
1: Open. That's got to be one of the most unlucky things that's ever happened in the Open. I would have thought. Yeah, he would have mm-hmm. won. What was it something like all but three of the previous Open Championships with that score? With
2: that score, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, pr- unprecedented stuff, wasn't it? It was, um, and for uh, you know, for a man who's seemingly you know on the decline, you know, back end of his career, people written him off for the last couple of years. You know, he's just. Uh, Rolled back the years, it was absolutely incredible. That uh, man
1: can motivate himself as well as anyone for the big events. Oh, I don't expect that to change over the next couple of years at all. No, he might He's well He's still a kid at heart. He still absolutely yeah. loves the practice games beforehand with the likes of Fowler. He's going absolutely nowhere.
0: Yeah, I would see see him He maybe paring down his tour schedule slightly, but still somehow turning up to the big events with a chance of winning. Um, He'll win one more major championship, I'm convinced of that. Mm. Uh, okay, Hopefully so, the US Open for his sake. So let's move on to round of the year, which... Um, again, let's just talk about Mickelson. Firstly, um, he possibly shot the round of the year when he almost shot sixty-two in the opening round of the Open at Trune, The putt that didn't drop, lip out. He's happened to him a few times, isn't it? Because has... he hit putt at the Phoenix Open for a fifty-nine that lipped out inexplicably. <laughs> he must. This think one was himself, arguably
1: more inexplicable. It was tracking all the way and a foot away from the hole. There was no way it could miss. No,
0: brutally unlucky, <laughs> <was>. poor fella. <laughs> um, but if if that was not Round of the year. When what else
1: do we have on the list? Maybe you, you could mention Danny Willett here. I know everyone talks about Spieth's collapse, but they're forgetting that Willett shot a bogey-free 66 in the final round of the year's first major when he had never been in that situation before.
2: Yeah, and the way he held it together when, you know, you could say the pressure was off when he thought he was out of it, Spieth was, with, but, you know, he, he had a good few holes where he knew <laughs> that, you know, that. The score turned around he was ahead his first position he'd ever been in like that and it, he yeah. held it together it was as, as if nothing had happened it was that fantastic mental adjustment
1: was really impressive because he came off the 15th green having just missed a makeable birdie part to see the scoreboard that told him that he was level i think or even one better and then what does he do for the very next shot sticks it to six feet on 16.
0: yeah makes the part suddenly you, you're in the pole position and then he managed to hold it together it was it was pretty incredible um uh, Nick, you also noted down Noran and Lauten. I didn't see either of these rounds. Norren at the, yeah. the Lauten was Loughton particularly
1: it. noteworthy because it was his home open. It's an event that means a load to him, and he shot 63 in the final round in front of his home crowds, which was just a phenomenal effort. And Noran was nine under through 13 holes in the final round of the Ned bank Golf Challenge, which is a very, very played on a very, very long golf course. And he was nine under through 13, ended up shooting 63 and winning by six shots. Yeah, what a way to close out a tournament! Mm. The only thing I'd say about that is that, and obviously this is only
0: a small thing, but he he was in such a rich vein of form and he'd won three times already on tour. It was in a real pressure-free moment. You know, whereas you look at some of the other things that we talked, rounds that we talked about, we talked about the pressure, the pressure on Willett, um, the pressure on uh, Loughton in front of his home fans. Noren, in that scenario, he's already had the year of his life. He If he shoots
1: he can go for it and shoot 63 or he can end up shooting 78. It's not really going to change his yeah, year, is it? Especially when it's coming from behind as well. I know, I know, I know what you're saying. Yeah. And, and even though that is now the second event and the penultimate event in the final series, it still does feel a little bit like a jolly to me. Yeah. I don't know if you guys agree. Yeah. But there's, It doesn't seem, there's not much palpable tension there. The crowds aren't massive. It's played on this massive golf course and there's not much atmosphere.
2: Yeah. Yeah, okay. But, um, you know, I think with that with that round, you can make too much of breath. He shot 63 and he dominated that field by that number of shots i mean you have to put it out there as one of the rounds because i I don't you know everyone's under the same amount of pressure same tournament and he just went out there he's in the form of his life won four tournaments i don't think you can hold that against him so it was a bad round no he was just playing phenomenally true
0: um but if i was to vote for one of those i'd go for willett i think you know you wouldn't your first major when you haven't had a chance Mm. before holding it together on the front nine stenson keep chipping away stenson's final rounds
1: Stenson it's 63 in the final round of the Open. Oh yeah, playing from the last group. Surely oh. that's the round of the year. Okay, <laughs> two good rounds. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was pretty good. Um, breakthrough performance of the year, uh, or breakthrough player of the year.
2: Player of the year. Well, European Tour point of view, Tyrrell Hatton has looked fantastic. He obviously finished very strongly this year, but um, you know we have featured him a bit towards the end of last season and. Um, he was one of these pl- players. Will he break through? Will this be his year? And to do what he's done, uh, you know, he won his first tournament at Dunhill. I think quite an impressive top 10, you know, number of top 10s this year. Uh, was it 10 d- top 10s this year? I think it's 10 top 10s yeah, ten this tens. year. Yeah, including exactly. the
1: USPJ and a tie for fifth at the Open. Yeah, and a second at the DP World Championship.
2: And he's gone from, you know, not many people really knowing who he was back end of last year to yeah, an established contender as somebody he?
0: whose next stop is going to be majors and the WGCs and the big yeah. ones isn't it it's well, like that's you know, now next on the career in The,
1: the was top 50 now isn't he he's inside the top 30 yeah he's top 30 it? I think isn't he incredible I might rise. be wrong in saying that but I think
0: that's
2: right fourth on the race to buy did
0: he? Um, we also on that list of breakthrough players we had Wang and we had Peters uh, Wang won back-to-back he won the uh, Mauritius open he won Hassan the Moroccan one yes. and he also finished <laughs> second in
1: um, but the Volvo oh. China Open was it? No, sorry, I w- I did originally say that in our uh, planning meeting, but it was was oh in fact no. the Hero Indian oh Open. No. That he, oh finished no. second. he also Get finished out. second in South Africa as well. So okay, he was leading yeah. going into the, the last round. I oh, sure had a bit the of a meltdown. Didn't he, yeah. I'm
2: not sure I can trust your quiz now. It? Yeah, yeah. I think should go back into the safe hands of Neil Tappen Yeah.
0: I, I, my quizzes are always factually correct. Cause I just I don't do anything off the top of my head because I know I'll be wrong. Careful, Dave. Careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Thomas Peters as well. That his Ryder Cup performance was just brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, what a way to announce yourself onto the world stage.
1: and uh, Turn up at the no Ryder Cup, no one else Cup. has ever done. Yeah, away except, from home.
0: Away from home, and also, I think the the thing that was missed not missed but the thing that should be emphasised when you talk about his performance of the Ryder Cup was just talk about how he, he got. Spanked in the first match alongside Lee Westwood, yeah, yeah. and then to come back as a rookie and then win from there on in, just phenomenal effort.
2: Well, I think I think it's been mentioned on this podcast before, but when we uh, spoke to him um, in the magazine last year, he came across with some very bold claims about his career and uh, you know how he was. I think he said that Tiger's record of 79 wins was well within his sights and why not aim high. You know, he came across as a very very nice level-headed guy but just very confident and it seems that he's got the game to start to and he does he up. has he has
0: the golf yeah. game doesn't he as, as well that, that you know he's got that kind of big well, hitting high towering long irons and, and, and
1: he is a big hitter he does drive at miles he does hit those towering long irons but he's also in the top 10 in the putting yeah, stats putting was what European set him apart in the Ryder yeah. Cup wasn't it yeah, there's no chink in the armour but no. what I want to know is who's going to be the next Belgian to play well in the Ryder Cup on American soil <laughs> <laughs> Cole Sartes
0: and then Peters yeah. well we shall see. Well, he, can can any of
1: you
2: name another Belgian golfer <laughs> out of interest? Um and moving on, I think the uh <laughs> <laughs> is this the timing of his <laughs> of his run in as well. And, and, a no. That was a <laughs> note. Uh, in in terms of you know, the the wildcard picks were there and he just sort of turned on the accelerator, you know, finished second in the Czech Open, one made in Denmark, just played with Darren Clark that week, didn't he? Just the time he needed to. He turned it on, and you know now he, I doubt they'll be looking back very much. Yeah, and, and
0: kudos to Clark as well. You know, he, he made some mistakes as captain of the Ryder Cup team, but he he made the bold decision of sticking with Peters when it would have been very easy just to you know, sideline him from there on. I mean, he he did that to Fitzpatrick. He did that to Sullivan. Um, but he stuck with Peters. He obviously saw something in Thomas Peters that he wanted to go go with, go for. And you know, it's not surprising, Thomas Peters probably hasn't played quite as well in the last few weeks and months after the Ryder Cup as he did before, but expecting, you know, as soon as um, Abu Dhabi comes around, start of next year, you know, three big hitting golf courses in a row, I would be shocked if he didn't have at least one top ten, uh, probably two top tens in those mm. three tournaments. So get your money on him, would be my advice. Yeah,
1: and look out for him challenging and i think augusta could set up fairly nicely for him
0: um next one personality of the year or what did you call it
1: (laughs) yeah that's correct is that right
0: uh it's only one really isn't there beef beef (laughs) (laughs) why do people like him is it just because he's a bit chubby and he's got beard beard i
2: think that helps but i think i think he's just a very engaging personality isn't he i mean he's, he's big smile on his face walks around high fives everyone it feels like he's he's a surprise to everyone else that he's there and um, he just l- seems to love his time playing golf in the Yeah in, know, a, in an age of golfing robots yeah.
0: somebody who's able to smile and able to chat to the crowd
2: a bit yeah. and mean, it's quite is, refreshing is isn't
1: it this the age of the golfing robot as well yeah it is isn't it so perhaps if he came out 20 years ago he wouldn't be as noteworthy but yes. now, <laughs> now I mean he's good. got
2: it's similar similar to Andy Sullivan he just comes across as a very likeable chap but you know I think it's the whole look the everything about him all,
1: He's the yeah. kind of guy you could go and sit next to in the pub and just chat to him for hours and you'd feel like he would ask you questions and be interested in your life. He's that kind of character and you can't say that about too many of the players on tour. As likeable as a lot of them are, I think that's a different sort of level. And <laughs>
0: He'd maybe him and Sullivan find himself in. He'd maybe ask you a few questions at the start and then realise that it's probably not. The what are you trying to, to say, down. Neil? <laughs> well, unless he wants to know more stats about the European Tour, then he's gonna he's hitting his head against a brick wall, which I presume he, he wouldn't want. I'm glad that's how you see me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yeah, would he have been a good choice for a Ryder Cup pick? No, too far out have
1: the it. The thing is. It's easy to look back on those picks and say he made the wrong ones, but at the time, everyone was saying that they were the right ones. There was It was a team devoid of experience. He needed Keimer, he needed Westwood, and he needed the flair of Peters. As far as I'm concerned, he got the pick spot on, and us losing is just one of those things. Yeah. yeah I would we agree. were beaten
2: by a better side. Um, there were too many players out of form, and, you know, he didn't have three picks, wasn't enough for him, I don't think.
0: There's no accounting for Westwood and Keimer playing as poorly as they did, is there? Anyway, we've covered that yeah. that in previous podcasts. Check out our Rider Cup review podcast to find out um about that. Um funniest moment on tour. Um who wants to go first? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've very much enjoyed billy's interview billy the guy who does i think he works for european tour productions or something. the guy affiliated with them. who Sorry. works
0: a little boy who <laughs> interviews tour players <laughs> <laughs> the guy who works You sound like <laughs> him sound like a sound engineer
1: <laughs> the what, what the 10 year must be a 10 year 10 year old child called billy who interviews a number of the top players in quite a funny fashion and it's funny because he gets gets away with asking the questions that would see them storm out of any other interviews A particular highlight of his interview with Rory was when he presented him with a pre-wedding present of a box of socks. Rory said, what's this for? And he said, in case you get cold feet again, which I thought was excellent. That was good. It was good. If any of you haven't seen that, I'd thoroughly recommend finding it on the European Tours Facebook or Twitter's pages.
0: My favourite moment was when Tiger tried to muscle in on the player's (laughs) photo for the (laughs) Ryder Cup and got told unceremoniously by a very brave photographer to go and stand somewhere else. Um, he got moved from one side of the photo to the other. <laughs> it's like he didn't want to be, <laughs> he moved from the right to the left and then, he, and then the doctor had to come back and say, no, you need to get out of the photo altogether. Um,
2: he took it quite well though, to be fair. He, he, he seemed s- to, yeah. He, um, I
0: mean, it was funny. It was funny. I mean, I you can't take that badly
2: though, can yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that whole week he seemed to be very relaxed, you know, you know, a, a demeanour about him, which you don't usually see from Tiger Woods, you know, he was, uh, helped he wasn't playing obviously and the the US went and won so convincingly but it was just nice to see that side of Tiger maybe we
0: we will see a change to Tiger when he comes back that people have been asking for for a long time that he promised a little bit at the start when he came back after his um his break due to multiple misdemeanors <laughs> um he promised to be a slightly slightly different happier off of grass and then I think he slipped back slightly into his old ways um you know maybe this v- next version of Tiger is going to be a bit more chilled out you know it he probably isn't he's probably thinking to I don't know He's probably thinking to himself that he can get to 18 majors but at the same time that drive probably isn't quite as as it was I it'd be disagree. nice to see no
1: i think the drive is still there and i think he absolutely believes with every core fiber of his being that he can still get to 18 and i he hasn't won one for 6, six talked years myself into the fact that he's going to win at least one major another another major
2: i can't quite see uh your description of him on the course you know coming through I, th- I no. think he'll either <laughs> somehow I don't believe he's it he's <laughs> so successful because of that yeah I mean? because he'll that I'd, was the way he approached if things. it doesn't work for him I think he'll call it quits sooner rather than later and if it does I don't think he'll be doing it with a big cheery grin on his face yeah he'll be doing it the way he did it I think from
0: um, uh, in Steve Williams's book he talks about how Mark Steinberg had a role to play in getting Tiger to be more uh, put the shutters down a bit on the golf course when he came back uh, Steve Williams didn't like it and I think that caused a bit of tension between them um, because Williams wanted to make him to be a little bit more easygoing, um, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, unluckiest moment of the year. So we talked about Mickelson's 63 and his miss putt. So that was pretty unlucky. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to th- throw into the mix?
1: Uh, I thought Eddie Salt and Pepper was, uh, <laughs> was quite unfortunate to finish tied for whatever it was at the British Masters, which was after post Brexit. So earnings were, were changed uh, from pounds into the euro and the exchange rate had plummeted. So he ended up missing his card by about €2,000 Euros and had that event come before Brexit, he would have come. To but what about the other players event. who were involved? in? This in is just the that, most noteworthy that. example because he ended up finishing 111th and shooting 77 in the second round of the Portugal Masters and double bogeying the last hole to lose yeah. his so card. So yeah, I think pretty that, horrendous,
2: that example it? just shows that it's a strange system to, you know, not have it, you know, do we do it in euros and pounds you know, surely there's a simpler way that Yeah. stop any anomaly like that ever happening yeah it was quite That's unfortunate wasn't it yeah. you felt um, for
1: him but kudos to him for bouncing back and getting his card convincingly that
0: watching cool. that I didn't I saw the first round of the Portugal Masters play well obviously fantastic was it looked brilliant really confident three, and then I watched him play the last hole In round two, and I just felt for him so much. It was like, this guy is going to come off the golf course and just cry. (laughs) He's just going to cry himself to sleep tonight. It was awful to watch. You know, just the sort of thing that, you know, obviously we as amateur golfers experience bad times on the golf course, probably more so than they do. But it just shows you it doesn't really matter what level of game you play golf can has a way of whacking you around the head every now and again, doesn't it? It doubly cry. difficult
1: seeing someone like Tyrrell Hatton who's come through the England ranks with performance exactly, so well yeah. whilst he finds himself travelling to Spain to take part in six rounds of key score. Yeah, and the
0: difference between them is probably only 5%. It's probably that tyrrell has been a bit more consistent off the tee or something. I don't know what what it might be, but it, the, the difference between them at that level is crazy. Mm. So it's very small. Um, okay, um,
2: next one. Comeback. Comeback of the year. Comeback performance of the year. Um... The obvious one for me is Matthew Southgate. You know, he's uh we actually feature him this month in uh, yep. Golf Monthly, but uh his story is is pretty incredible. He's he, he suffered uh testicular cancer. I ca- um, think 2014 he was diagnosed. Um 2015. 2015 was it? Sorry. Um having, you know, been there with thereabouts on the European tour, missed out on his card a couple of, couple of times, been scratching around a little bit, you know, had this bombshell and since then, came back this year. Absolutely, incredibly, is you know one of the stories of, of one of many stories at, at the Open. Um, finished second to Rory at uh, in in Ireland. In Ireland, yeah. Um, Played well at the Open. Yeah, and just sort uh, of a,
0: a new attitude, probably to golf. And uh, you know, I hate to say it, but it's sort of almost on the golf course, like a new lease of life, really, isn't it? And uh, it, just a fantastic story, and a is, really.
1: It. The two most remarkable things for me, even before what he did this year, was the fact that he'd told himself that his final stab at becoming a, at being a, a consistent professional golfer was this year because he'd run out of money and run out of funding. And he, he didn't yeah. feel like it was fair to continue asking his parents for more money. And he had to start at stage one. Uh, uh, right at school. the beginning. Stage, this stage, stage two Q School, isn't stage, it? It's the very first okay, stage. He right. had to go through all three stages of Q School. Ends up getting his card and the pictures are fantastic yeah very emotional man crying on the green and, and then he's he's not just fallen back again this year which would have been true to previous form he's really pushed on and embraced his, his second chance and finished what 45th 50th in the race of Dubai by far as most lucrative season on tour so good luck next season Matthew yes yeah and
0: also from the, everything I've seen the feature that we have in the magazine and the interviews that I've seen it seems, like, it seems like a no, thoroughly nice bloke doesn't he and yeah, Somebody
2: I, I heard him doing a bit of commentary on, um, in Dubai as well right? Uh, yeah and he comes across a really relaxed down to earth guy you know just happy to seems to be loves being on the course loves being off the course loves talking about golf yeah just, in that sort you know, of Andy Sullivan mould yeah, of somebody exactly.
0: who's able to kind of understand there is a life outside golf which of, of course if you suffer with cancer then you're going to be able to understand that golf is not the be-all and end-all so um so yeah a lovely story and um definitely comeback performance of the year and um, the only other one i would just throw out there and just for discussion would be matt fitzpatrick at the dp world championship um after you know the Ryder cup did not go the way that he wanted it to go it in a hostile against a hostile american crowd um only got Picked to play once outside the singles. Put out last in the singles. Put out last in singles. Didn't really have much of a hope. Lost to. Did you lose to Snedeker? Zach Johnson. Zach Zach Johnson, yeah. Uh, One of those putting machines on golf courses set up for those guys. Um, Just felt felt for him, actually. Felt like, A, he possibly wasn't given enough of a crack of the whip. um, And then, but understandably so. But then to, to walk away from the Ryder Cup with no points, losing first European side to lose for a while—it's got to be really tough. A tough blow, isn't it, for somebody like that who's thinking they are a world player they're going to go on to do great things in the game? To win the Dubai World Championship just shows that Ryder Cup experience is now put to bed. That's behind
1: him, and he's just looking ahead now, isn't he, to oh, bigger and better he's things? Completely to mm. bounce back in less than two months and do what he did, because he could have quite easily quite feasibly taken a, a fairly significant step back and then he could have been in the doldrums for a year or two until he recovered uh, and got his confidence back but absolutely none of it is innate self-belief shone through it and it was a great, great victory as well down the stretch, wasn't it? With two clutch up and downs. And oh, absolutely. 18. And the way that he held those putts, like firm and straight, bang.
2: I, I don't know, with Fitzpatrick, I, I don't know if people underestimate him because he... Looks still so yeah, young. Yeah, he looks I, so young, I mean, doesn't he? So yeah. his experience at the right. Ryder Cup is very similar to lots of other players' experience at the Ryder Cup, but because he looks still like he might be a teenager, I think people jump on that a bit more than they would do with other players and say, was it too... I mean, he was there by rights because he... he wanted qualified, he yeah. He qualified, and yeah, he didn't have a great few days, but... A lot of players didn't have a great few days. You know, he's, he's a quality player and he's proved that at the end of the season.
0: Yeah, and it, I think you're right. It's easy to underestimate Matt Fitzpatrick because he's not the longest on tour. He is a pretty slight character. He's quite boyish in the way that he looks. Um, he, he has that look of somebody who can't quite believe he's there. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: for anyone who doubts his credentials and missed the last podcast, he's the youngest ever Englishman to win three European tour events. That says quite so a lot. So boom. There you, you go. Some of that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, next one on our list
0: is the biggest controversy of 2016. Now we've got four on the list. Okay, I'm gonna read them out. Um, Muirfield's decision to um, prevent female membership. Um, uh, Dustin Johnson's rules debacle at the US Open. the Olympics and the various withdrawals of the world's top players from playing in the Olympics, and Danny Willett's brother's comments ahead of the um, of the Ryder Cup, chaps. If you were to vote for one of those as being the most controversial moment of 2016, what would you go for? It's
1: a tough one. Probably because of the press it received, Willett's brother. But the one that um, the one that irritated me the most was probably the Olympic withdrawals, especially hearing. McElroy in the the interview with Billy saying I think I quote, I jumped on the bandwagon with pulling out. I didn't like to hear that at all. I, I'm loath to criticize Rory and the guys because at the end of the day it's their own decision in a in a jam packed part of the year, but I thought that was quite poor. Yeah, uh, yeah. Go on, Dave. Uh,
2: well, no, I was I was gonna say mine would be probably the Muirfield vote just because it was, you know, so much bigger than golf. It was the others were, you know, minor quibbles that people outside golf wouldn't really think twice about perhaps the Olympics, maybe slightly different. But Muirfield transcended all of that. It made golf suddenly national headlines for the wrong reasons, and it was so preventable. And it looks like it will be changed. You know, before yeah, the end know, of the year. I hope really. It just
1: felt like they were making a statement, didn't it? That like everyone expected them to go one way, and they just thought, you know what? F you, we're going to do things our way at a time when golf was in the shop window. <laughs> one was paying attention to it.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's the most controversial moment of the year. And I think that was people who work in golf and we, you know, we're lucky enough that we have the opportunity to be as part of the golf industry. It just did not make anybody who plays the game or who works in the game look good at all. It made us all look a little bit like we're sort of close-minded,
2: um, you know, not progressive just in any way. It's played up to a stereotype that yeah, people have it. about the game, which, you know, people have been trying to get away from for years and doesn't reflect. Yeah, and also
0: that that feeling from your field that, you look, we are one of the greatest golf courses in the world. We don't need the Open, so take the Open away from us. We don't mind. We don't care. That that Again, that upset me as well because I just thought if you're a member of the, of Muirfield, surely you, you, you value the Open coming to your golf course. Once every however many years, the whole of the golfing world looks at your course and yeah. says how fantastic it is. Mm, and it is so one of the proud. gems of the world. You should be passing it on to the next generation in a better state that you found it. To have that opportunity to do something that's going to f- change the fabric of the golf club, I just don't see how it wouldn't be changing it for the better. But obviously, there were a lot of people that didn't think that it would be changing it for the better, and that's a shame.
1: It's quite a self um not obsessed but it's an attitude that said to me you know why should i bother why should i put myself out why should i sacrifice playing on this weekend it was quite a short-sighted attitude and what was doubly disappointing about it was the fact that good strides have been made in the game and making it more accessible and encouraging more juniors and ladies into the sport and then something like this comes along and just puts all them in the dark again Mm. which is a shame because strides are being made and, and there are good initiatives around the country
0: Oh, yeah. And golf is a golf is a sport that's got lots to I mean, I always think this, but there's there's my mother is a is a very um, active golfer. She plays every week at least once. And she's got lots of friends who play every week. And I just don't think other sports engage women in the same way that golf does. Golf actually does engage women in a way that is inclusive. But there are certain golf clubs out there that just seem to be unable to kind of you know, bring men and women together. It's it's weird, and for Muirfield to be a kind of a figurehead and to embrace that, I thought was very disappointing. Um, Anyway, let's move on to the storylines you may have missed in 2016. So the best storylines in golf that people may have missed.
2: Um, We featured another story, actually, in the the most recent issue about uh, Florian Fritsch, who uh, managed to win his tour card this year, not... um, Refusing to get on a flight, refusing to you know, step uh, so on has, an airplane, has a phobia of flying, um, which meant he clocked up however many thousands of miles in his uh, BMW, driving around Europe to uh, various events, and managed incredibly to secure his card card quite e- easily. Um, we had a bit of a, a bit of fun with him in this uh, latest issue, and uh, had a graphic of his sort of tour around Europe and various <laughs> uh, modes of transport, and. You know, uh, how that is good preparation for playing golf, uh, I, I'll never know, but it it, it worked for him. My
1: um, favourite story is when he was driving a BM, BMW at the Nordia Masters and uh, a VIP got in his car because he thought it was a courtesy car and asked to be <laughs> driven somewhere. <laughs> ended up asking the driver what he did. He said, oh, you know, I play golf. He said, oh, you played today? Yeah, yeah I played today. Oh, where did he play? Here shot 69 and I'm top 10 in the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, seriously, long term, this is not a strategy that's <laughs> going to work for the guy, is it? Well, he said he's not close to the idea of finding a way back on the But it doesn't look he's
2: likely. got to speak to somebody, surely. About surely. He's spoken yeah, to uh, 19, 19 yeah. different people know, in the know, last I know. couple I know. of years. It seems like it's getting worse rather than better. With he's very athletes. happy with it. <laughs> he
1: <enjoys> it. He <laughs> <enjoys> <laughs> it. He enjoys it. He <laughs> gets to see parts of Europe. Where he's very interested in history. he's invited to ground. 10 years time.
0: He's still ploughing his way up. He and down said the he would. <laughs> he said
1: he would make his way to the Masters if he got into the field. Can you even imagine? It would be like a golfer. It would be a
0: great story. That would be like a golfer from the sort of 1930s.
1: Yeah, I think he said he'd get a, f- what, a ferry into New York or something, <laughs> or maybe Florida and drive down to. Georgia. The Titanic. I wouldn't get the Titanic. Perhaps he's Putting on the deck. On the <laughs> but he, he's very optimistic about his prospects. He, the, he doesn't see any reason why. He doesn't see it as a, crucially. He doesn't see it as a drawback, which is the main thing. No, and he says he, he says he doesn't feel mentally tired getting out of the car and and playing golf, which you think almost certainly you would. if well, you spent two days driving across. He the came road. across
2: a very interesting guy, and he said, you know, he just loves traveling around, visiting different places, gets to see so much more than other golfers. You know, who straight from in their courtesy car to the airport, off to the next. I mean, he drives around, see you know, sees different cities. Just seemed a more rounded sort of individual. I think it helps game, him yeah.
1: retain a sense of perspective as well, which is is important.
2: Um.
0: Okay, let's move on to the most disappoint disappointing dis- what <laughs> disappointing <laughs> most disappointing tournament of the year. Uh I'm gonna start with the US PGA championship at Bolter's Roll. Bolter's Roll is a sort of really great old American golf course, but frankly, it just looks like another US tour event, even though I know it's a fantastic golf course, it's it's got lots of heritage in the game. Um, but it just didn't offer much in terms of anything different. It's just what they face week in, week out on the US tour. And I think for a major, the challenge needs to be slightly more nuanced and slightly different. You know, Every time any player hit it into a fairway bunker, they were just going at the green, as far as I could tell. And in a major, you just need a bit better than that. It just has to be a little bit tougher than that. Um, that
2: tournament wasn't helped by the weather. The weather was, was it? awful. It was awful, you know, the stop start. Yeah, it wasn't. They were
0: all on the golf course in different places, weren't they? Because they had to do a 2T start and um, everyone was out of position on the last day, I think, or some people were out of position on the last day. Anyway, it, they, they did what they could. It was still a good tournament. Yeah. It was it was won by Jimmy Walker and it was pretty exciting, but... Um,
2: it also came after, it was a, you know, the run of the Olympics Open, you know, it was, it was so jam-packed that couple of months it no, was by the end of it i think people were just ready for it to end yeah they? it, it was, was like
0: week after the open wasn't it it was yeah, like two yeah. weeks after the
1: open um any others uh the field at wentworth this year was slightly weak and i think they'll be looking to rectify that the tour going forward i think Macroy didn't play rose didn't play there was another of couple of high profile withdrawals i think close to the event um uh-huh. just didn't seem to have a field that was befitting the standout event on the european tour schedule um,
0: but it hasn't for a few years now
1: well, i think now hopefully as part of this rolex series they'll look to be getting that very strong field back I'm, sure will, I'm sure they will i'm sure yeah. they will i'm sure they've had discussions with people and i'm sure they're gonna they're working to make that happen so Everything next year yeah. should be a much Don't better work on the
2: course as well haven't they so next year that's that will be yeah they've, yeah yeah so we should I, see again that i think that suffered from the from the schedule again you know People were picking and choosing their events which hopefully won't happen again. You know, the the Olympics, whilst we all enjoyed it, did scupper quite a lot of the the calendar. So, you know, hopefully it will be a bit more relaxed in terms of schedule next year.
0: Yeah, they need to find a way of getting Rory to play, Rose to play, you
2: know. Rose to be fair, I
1: think he had a back injury. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was there, I mean he was on the ground. I he went know. to the commentary booth I'm sure he day, did have so a
0: s- sorts. Oh, no?
1: It's shade in Justin Rose's direction. <laughs> Unfounded shade. <laughs> don't, don't slag off Justin Rose when you're talking to me, all right?
2: Well, he was, as you say, he was there. No, I, it's he, not, he it's went not sh- worth it now. It really <laughs> he no, went to show his it, support
1: to the tour. and Show his face.
0: Okay, next topic. Final topic before the quiz oh, is, cool is the down. most disappointing year. Who had the most disappointing year? <laughs> hmm...
2: Could you say McElroy had a disappointing year? Yeah, I, mean, I think you, you any should. Any year he the, doesn't win a In terms major. of European tour, European definitely.
0: T- I mean, one, uh, the Irish Open, as we discussed, which is great. But he didn't win a major and he didn't win the the money list. Yeah, he didn't I win mean, in Dubai.
2: The whole FedEx Cup thing must have helped him a little bit, you know, shoveling that amount of cash into your bank account. But, yeah, I think personally he'll be thinking it's a disappointment, no major, issues with his clubs, issues with his putting, you know, off could be seen as a transitional year next year he'll be hoping for a lot more i think
0: definitely
1: definitely but there's also some other players who missed their card yeah alvaro kiros had a a, a poor year yeah uh, and he subsequently missed his card at at q School. i know he'll get invites but that's not the point here he was once one of the top 15 players on the european tour one in dubai didn't he not not long ago now and used to be the undisputed king of the desert and now where is he um and what's surprising about it is, I'm sure I saw his name quite high up in the putting statistics when I when I looked at the stats the other day. Yeah, which means some part of his game is, is gone massively awry, which is concerning. He hasn't he hasn't competed now for a couple of years,
0: has he? Um, also, players who I mean, Stephen Gallagher would lo- would have lost his card if he hadn't uh, obviously been exempt. I'm sure his confidence took a fairly substantial battering mm-hmm. after. It goes the to show card. you you qualify for the Ryder Cup or, you, or mm-hmm. you get he got picked, and You get picked for the Ryder Cup. He wasn't far off qualifying fantastic effort he's just fallen off the face of the cliff since then hasn't he sure.
2: it's interesting reading uh oliver wilson uh, one of our columnists i mean he unfortunately missed out at q school having had a tough season um and just hearing the struggles that tour players go through which i mean if they're out of form he felt you know he plays his best form when he plays a couple of, couple of tournaments has a rest but the state he was in you know his position on the race to buy he felt he had to play every week could not do and that yeah that meant his game suffered and it got worse and worse i mean hearing it hearing that sort of struggle you don't really think about the in terms of tour play you just think they turn up every week get their paycheck and go home but um but or, he, or because you're ranking you play one week here one week there
0: and then it's three majors you know three majors in short succession or quick succession or WGCs you don't play much yeah. and then you've got to turn up and play really well the next week. it's just difficult isn't it it's, okay, it's yeah.
1: almost if you're young it's almost not a terrible thing going back to the challenge tour because they don't start until mid, mid-March I think so you get that whole first chunk of the year to really fix what's wrong with your game and it's just something you don't have the opportunity to do during a regular tour season that comprises something like 46 events where there's only about three weeks off the entire year yeah so I don't think it's a terrible thing especially while you're still quite young.
0: Um and Peter Uline would be the other one I'd mentioned uh, in terms of talent. I mean Uline is fantastic, great ball striker, great to watch. But I do remember watching him in in Dubai at the start of the year. I, I think he actually played okay in mean, Abu Dhabi at the start. Of the year, he played okay. But I was watching him on the range and he was clearly struggling with his game. Um and yeah, he finished fairly low down on the race to Dubai wouldn't have I don't think he's, he's got a card. He's not exempt, is he? Because no.
1: won the Madeira Islands Open. I think that's his only tour victory. Yeah. yeah. So That was a couple of years ago as well. Yeah. So it'd be interesting
0: to see what happens to to him. Um, good guy, good bloke, really talented player. But Again, struggling. someone else will get plenty of invites, though. Yeah, but you can't guarantee a living off the invites if you haven't been able to do it. True, but I, I wonder
1: whether he'll possibly head back to the States and trials like that. Maybe. We shall see.
0: Probably will. Um, okay. I think that brings us to the... Uh, Nigel's quiz. Um,
1: right,
2: right. We're doing those, Sorry. Over to you. Okay.
1: As your standard ten question quiz. I don't have a tiebreaker, so don't tie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: nil <Nil-nil>. nil. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Name question one. Name one of the two players or both for extra s- extra credit uh, to shoot the what? lowest round what? on lowest round on the European tour this year. It's going to be one of these quizzes, isn't it? Give you a clue: H- happen in the both of them happen in the Portugal Masters.
0: Right, I've got an answer. It's probably
1: almost certainly wrong. Question two: Who won European Tour Q School? It feels like it's it's on the cusp
0: oh for Dave no. and Tappers. No, don't think he's going to get it. Blancage. I know it wasn't Eduardo Molinari. It wasn't, no. Oh,
2: God, what's
0: his name? You can see the picture I can see of him, it. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Zero out of two. Yeah. Come on, Nigel. <laughs> Question <of> three. <laughs> it's not going to get any easier. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> there was only one over par winning score in the 2016 European Tour season name either the winner or the event or i tell you what, i'll give you two points if you can get both how about that
2: can we do some true or false questions
1: oh. <laughs> <laughs> spot the difference or um mm. would, you, would you like a clue yeah give us yes, a clue yeah.
0: Dead there's no no good for he
1: her. has been discussed on this podcast i know a number of people have but he's been discussed on this podcast um Boom. Boom. boom uh okay
0: i'm a uh, loss was he discussed as one of them <laughs> oh I know I know the answer got it got it
1: very good I think I know the answer this is possibly question this number four possibly the easiest one the yes. quiz uh, who was the winner of the inaugural Fiji Invitational got it Dave how are you feeling about that one not good not good <laughs> Well, maybe question five will make you feel better. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> Padre <laughs> Harrington won the Portugal Masters in 2016. What was his last European Tour victory before that? David, I believe you proofread this very page in the latest issue of Golf Monthly. Um,
2: As <laughs> you keep pointing out to me, my senior... Years uh, have led to a short term memory loss. Um, And my pen stopped working, which is not actually an issue because I haven't written anything down yet. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to. You need to be furnished with a new pen. Uh, You're going to have to scratch it into your pad. That one's gone. Um, Okay. All right. Another
1: one. Nigel, you're quite (laughs) a sneaky question master. Sneaky? In what sense? In that. In, in the sense that you don't know the answer, I don't like any of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> Question six Who led the European Tour in driving accuracy this season? Oh, who cares about oh. driving accuracy? <sighs> Disdain on the faces of the people participating in my quiz. I don't like it. Blame the quiz for your shortcomings, okay? Oh, dear. I'm guessing you're not going to like question seven <laughs> either. <laughs> <laughs> Who led the European Tour in greens and regulation? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> Neil, could you knock up a quick quiz before the end <laughs> of the podcast <laughs> just to uh, keep events <laughs> entertained?
1: Yeah. Question eight. How many top fives did Rory McIlroy have this season on the European Tour?
0: Hmm. He only played in...
1: He played in thirteen events. Thirteen events. events. How many top fives?
0: I would think he finished in the top five in a few of them. Did he finish in the top five in Dubai? I'm afraid I can't possibly comment. Um, I'm going to say I think he finished tied 4 so I'm going to say yes. Irish Open, Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Um, did he play at the Open? Mm, did he finish top five at the Open? Yes. Yeah. U.S. Open, no. USPGA no WGCC what match play did six I know I realise I'm giving quite a lot away here Um, you seem to have
2: there's some Some collusion uh, going on uh, there I think
0: right Solidarity against the
1: quiz got an answer but it's a guess question number nine who played the fewest events Uh, inside the top 20 on the race to Dubai who played the fewest events hmm and if you can tell me how many, I'll give you three bonus points. I'll give you a clue as well. He's this this man is also the answer to another question in this quiz. Oh no. The answer to question six.
2: Oh. Okay.
0: Can I ask can I get two
2: answers for question six? Mm. It's just my Question six is very unlikely now. Right. Um
0: Nick, I'm not giving you many out of 10 for the quality of your quiz. I think it's a fine <laughs> quiz.
1: We'll <laughs> let the listeners be the judge. And I think the finest question of them all is coming up now. How many times in 26 events in the 2016 season did Jin Jong break 70? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you repeat the question, please?
1: <laughs> Jin Jong, the winner of the 2014 ISPS Hand of Perth Invitational, Played 26 events this season. How many times did he break 70?
0: 26 events. So he's pro- probably. Play- oh God.
1: Give you a clue, he's in shocking form. But he did win?
2: 2014.
0: Oh. oh Nigel, you, you've completely flummoxed me on this one. So, not many. Okay. Well, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> um, Dave, I think we should swap. I think that's what <laughs> happens now. Am I going to be able to read your answers?
1: Probably not. But uh, I'll uh, ask you for
2: clarification. Yeah, I do that. I've Let's <laughs>
1: remind the listeners that David Taylor scored eight and a half out of ten. The only other previous occasion he's taken part in a podcast quiz.
2: Yeah, no, I've, I've peaked likely early. to beat that. The look on Neil's face as he looks at my answer sheet says it all. I think likely to get is, a half uh, point.
0: I'm j- I actually d- can't read a single word that's on it, but. Yeah. The the, wor- the first answer looks like you've written political meter Harrington. <laughs> 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 you could probably work that one out, couldn't you? <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> Question one was, name one of the two players to shoot the lowest round on the European Tour this season, which was 61 at the Portugal Masters. The Two players were Andy Sullivan and Richie Ramsey. Boo.
0: Political meter Harrington did not.
2: Warren, is that
0: Mark Warren? Warren? Yeah, no. Who won
1: European Tour Q School was Nathan Kimsey. Oh, yes,
0: I interviewed him a couple of years ago.
2: Neil, your handwriting might be better, but your answers <laughs> are just as bad as mine. <laughs> the only par winning
1: score on the 2016 European Tour schedule came at the Open de España won by Andrew Beef Johnson.
2: Ah, there we go. There's a point. You've gone for Alex
1: Noren. <laughs> The winner of the inaugural Fiji Invitational was... or Maybe Brent maybe Snedeker. it was the Fiji International, actually, come to think of it. Oh, no. But that either way, Brant Snedeker is the different. correct oh. answer.
2: Can you read? That's the one I yes, scratched that with, uh, one you, without you, any ink. So that's a point.
1: <laughs> Padraig Harrington won the 2016 Portugal Masters. When was his last European Tour victory before that?
0: I said the US PGA Championship.
1: 2008 USPGA Championship. Yeah, you're that's right.
0: That's correct. Dave um, thought he won the 2009 Open. So I think that's a seven. two thousand. 2007. Oh, you did win, detail, but that wasn't. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Sorry. Either way, it was to Drag his name <laughs> through the mud.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who led the European tour on driving accuracy? Um, I don't know. The answer was Francesco Molinari. Uh, incorrect. Okay. Who led the European tour on greens and regulation? The answer was. <laughs> Davey, it Thomas Aiken, a bit hard to decipher. what's yeah. going
2: on towards the bottom <laughs> I've lost the know? will to live by that point <laughs> I think uh, you don't
0: hazard a guess for the last few so you didn't proffer an answer for this
1: yeah I've uh, you mean to say you didn't write Thomas Aiken down I didn't say I didn't write that Thomas. well can you not read that that's, uh, <laughs> uh,
0: that's incorrect no, that's wrong and then I, okay
1: how many top tens top fives did Rory McIlroy have on the European tour this season I said eight. David?
2: Uh, seven, six, did I say six. Se- six. Oh, six?
1: Seven is the correct answer. I think, mm. Dave, you may have crossed seven out there. Neil's S- currently holding David's pad in the seven. Seven. Yeah,
2: like, if I'm... That, if if I, so we'll, that was a six. But. Just arrow there. Seven does yeah, look no. as if it's
0: been crossed out to me.
1: I think he's mugging you off, Dave. I
2: think that's... Um, we'll, You'll we'll give just me half a sp-
1: point for that. I <laughs> might deduct a point for <laughs> poor sportsmanship. No, just carry on. Nigel, you... You're an idiot. Carry on harsh who played the fewest events within the top 20 in the race to Dubai Molinari Francesco Molinari is correct I didn't get it didn't get it
0: no. who stays in? <laughs> just, this to is one just clarify the, this is the lowest scoring quiz ever what a
1: surprise question 10 how many times did none. Jin Jong none win? once oh. <laughs> he shot a 67 in the second round of the, the Maybank Malaysian Open but still missed the cut I'm not sure he made any cuts in the 2016 season Dave, so you,
0: you, you you managed to log one, which and a is 10%. H- uh, a half? No. Really the half
2: is gone, gone. The half I of thought the thought seven that you I crossed that out. I can't half. give you seven. No, there. fair enough. Well, well done, Neil. You got three. So three for <laughs> Neil
1: and one for David. David, you'll be squaring off against Tom Clark in the Dunces quiz next week. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go. I knew I should have quit while I was ahead with the US Open quiz. So.
1: But your average is still very good with eight and a half and one. Very good, it's less down, than 50%. It? But you'll take it. <laughs> I wrote Elvira for the Nacho screen. Elvira. He lost to Jen Hun Wang in a playoff at the Trophy Hassander.
0: Oh dear, there Wait, well. did you
1: take the microphone away from me. I'm <laughs> enjoying
0: the power too much. Okay, well, um, thank you very much for joining us this week. Um, gents, anything
1: you'd like to say before we sign off and say goodbye? Just uh, the same message we've been saying for the last couple of podcasts, the new issue of Golf Monthly with the new top 100 rankings. UK and Ireland is on sale now, so <laughs> pick
2: yourself up. And <laughs> <laughs> and we
0: can reveal who's number one on that can. list now. Who wants to do it? David
1: Taylor does. Well,
2: it's gone to Donald Trump once again, making it a bumper year for him and Turnberry has come out on top after the work they've done, you know, the reopening. Uh, whatever you think of Donald Trump aside, the course has been actually, you know, it's in fantastic shape, and the changes they've made have been absolutely
0: brilliant. Um, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. For all the people out there who don't like Donald Trump, of which there are, I'm sure, plenty, um, you cannot deny how good Turnbury is since the changes have been made. They've taken an absolute belter of a golf course, and they've somehow made it significantly better um it's one that anybody who's interested in golf you should see what they've done to the golf course how they've changed it they've really brought the golf course closer to the 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 sort of rugged coastline that they're on um integrated that coastline even more than it was before and it is spectacular um so yeah so so turnbury comes out on top um, but as, as always I mean, there's been a few courses that have moved position in the top 100, as always it's well worth a look to see what you've played and what you haven't played um, but I think that leads us towards the end of this week's podcast and um, thank you for listening and we will see you next time